Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Chris Kanye Show. Thank you so much for joining us again after a few weeks of uh, not putting out any episodes. I've been remodeling the studio, uh, as you could see, if you check out the video on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, we plan on uh, doing a more high-quality show from here on out, so we wanted a more high-quality studio. That's really the gist of it. Also, some exciting news. We've uh, partnered up with Murphy's Law. It is a chain of bars slash restaurants here in Rochester. And our first event with them is hosting the uh, Halloween party. I'll be emceeing the Halloween party on Halloween night, Thursday, October 31st. And if you're keeping track, that's the last few minutes, last hours, last night of Sober October, which is super exciting because at midnight, I can drink. And if you're also doing Sober October... You may drink as well at midnight on Halloween. So do it at Murphy's Law. Costume contest, uh, drink specials, giveaways, all kinds of stuff. That's the Murphy's Law on uh, Easton Alexander. Halloween night, again, with uh, us here at the Chris Kanye Show. We'll be doing a show from there as well. So if you want to be on the show, if you want to see the uh, live production of it, make sure you come find me. We'll bring you up top where we'll be set up, and we'll have a good time. Halloween night, Murphy's Law, Easton Alexander. We will see you there. My guest today is Joel James. He's been featured on Kevin Hart's Heart of the City. It's actually called Kevin Hart Presents the Heart of the City. Uh, they came through Rochester to do a couple, to do an episode, and Joel James was one of the comedians who made it all the way through to be on that show. He'll tell you about that. Uh, he's been doing comedy for over a decade up here in Rochester, down in New York City, and everywhere in between. We talk about the comedy scene in Rochester, we talk about comedy in general, cancel culture, all the things you can and can't say, all the fun stuff that we like to talk about here on the show. So thank you so much for checking it out and giving us a few minutes of your time, and I hope you enjoy it. How do, we, how do you want me to say your name? Joel James, right? Not to want you to say my name. That's <laughs> My name is Joel James. Oh, why isn't it Joel? Because I'm not white. <laughs> is that it? Is that, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie. I was thinking the same thing. So this is this is my thing that I have. Um, my family's from the Bahamas. And we, we're everywhere in the world, though, it's pronounced Joel. Only white Americans say Joel. That is, it's only a white American thing. You think that's a Billy Joel thing? Do you think he started that misconception or Americanizing it, maybe? No, I just think Joel is a white American name. And that's hmm. fine. And that's okay. So everywhere in the world, like like where my family don't, doesn't even know how to say Joel. It doesn't even come off the, the tongue. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wouldn't that be J-O-L-E? Joel? But Billy. Yeah. You know? And even even in, the, even in the Bible, when it says Joel, the way it's pronounced, it's Joel. Is that why we say Jesus Cristo? Exactly. Of, it, exactly. Americans ruin everything. Right. <laughs> White <laughs> Americans. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, Jesus wasn't white, was he? I don't know. I don't know. I, don't I feel know like I just guy. did like a fuzzy wuzzy was a bear thing. <laughs> Jesus wasn't wasn't was he? Was he? <laughs> What's up, Joel? How's it going? What's going on? Congratulations to you. I'm I, I'm glad that I get to. Am I the first interview in the new in the new setup? You are. Well, good. We're going in the right direction already. <laughs> <laughs> going up. But this is amazing. This is so good. So I'm. I, I can't wait to see you excel. I appreciate that. I see that you're doing big things. Uh, I first met you. Uh, Beyond being Facebook or Instagram or social media friends at, at uh, Open Mic a couple yeah. of years ago. Uh, you are a comedian. Yeah. You're doing very well, I think, for the last uh, you know couple of years that I've been 
paying attention to you. Yeah. Uh, so I, meeting you at Open Mic was cool. You were very uh, in, a, in a community here in Rochester where it's very clicky. You came over and you introduced yourself and you gave some feedback and you told me I was funny, which was really cool. Cause oh, so you did, you did do stand-up? Uh, open Mic. I never got past an Open Mic aside from one friend getting me in on uh, something for a Where favor. was it at? Because it, it's such a, it's such a, I remember... I remember talking to you guys afterwards, you and your girlfriend. Meredith, yeah. And I just don't re- like it's it's almost like a dream. Masons or uh, a Buddha Pub or Photo City. I think it was Masons, wasn't so it? So you've done a bunch of open mics. Yeah, I I tried them all. Or a Firehouse, one of those one of those weekly ones. Nothing and, out of the ordinary. And you were good, right? Like, uh, you 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 gave me a compliment. Um, okay, it was you know I. I definitely had a lot to learn. It was fun to do, and I got some laughs, which is more than I can ask for going up for the first couple times. But uh, as I'm watching more and more comedy and really dissecting it all, I, it's like everybody, I think. It was, it's kind of embarrassing what I talked about, how cheap I went with for the laughs and stuff like that. But uh, I don't regret it at all. It was, it was fun, and I definitely want to try it again. I've been trying to write yeah, some stuff. Yeah, because you have, you have timing, um, I mean, comedic timing, and you, you know, even like your Facebook statuses sound like a comedian. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. That's the. I think I've told everybody uh, in my life, whether it's my family, girls that I've been in conversations with, relationships, that be, calling me funny is is the best compliment ever. You could say I'm hardworking, handsome, organized. What funny beats them all. You know what? The funny thing about me is um, when people like whenever I get I get into a lot of social media debates. <laughs> the first thing people love to say, and you're not even that funny, anyways. You're not funny. That does not bother. That doesn't me. hurt. Not even a little bit. But if I make some pasta and you don't like it, that hurts my feelings. Really? Yes. Are you a bad cook? No, I'm a great cook. Oh, that's why it would offend you. Right. And I'm very, very sensitive about my food. I'm very, very. It, I had a, a meal prep business, and the oh. anxiety that I get from new customers and stuff that I I just can't even do it anymore. Do you think that translates into comedy and the confidence you have, or at least portray, or have to portray in? In comedy, I am embarrassed and also proud of myself to say that I'm watching. Uh, it's a it's a thing called Masterclass, and Judd Apatow did a, a Masterclass where he, he's supposed to teach you comedy. Now I know that I can't be taught comedy; really, nobody can. But he talks about how you have to have confidence. You have to at least look and sound believable. Therefore, confidence is a huge factor in doing stand up. Do you do you think that translates? Yeah, or it ends with I, the cooking thing. It doesn't mend with the cooking thing, but because um, yeah, you gotta have confidence that it's just whatever. Like my thing about it is, I'm not really a, a, a chef or whatever because I don't really, I don't care. Like if I'm making a spicy dish and you don't eat spicy food, then you just can't eat. Like I don't, I'm not gonna dumb it down for mm. you. I'm not gonna like, oh, I'm gonna you no. Know, I that's just kind of I don't really care. Um. I do agree though with the with the confidence in the comedy is I could say that because I'm so a person where people can't believe it, but I get so nervous. I have the worst nerves ever. Like it's really messing me up, especially when I perform in New York City. It, it gets in my head. Like I think, oh, they hate me. They don't like me. I'm nothing like these comedians. I I'm the the worst the worst nerves. Ever. What's what's worse, uh, performing in front of a cold crowd, a crowd who hasn't you know seen anybody else, maybe the first one go up. Uh, for the night or performing in, in front of a bunch of other comedians or aspiring comedians. Actually, that's three, that's three choices. Comedians, real comedians, aspiring comedians and a cold crowd. I don't care um, about comedians. Like I'm not here for, for the, for comedians. 
and I think that that's what people don't realize. Like, I don't, I'm not here for you guys. I'm here for the audience and you know, that's it. So I don't get involved in all their, their, you know, whatever, or who's the best and who's this and who did that. I'm here for the audience and that's what I focus on. But, um, uh, I would say, yeah. So I would say the, the cold audience, cause that's who I'm trying to win over. I don't mm -hmm. care if a comedian doesn't think I'm funny or whatever. And that's uh, what, what's tough about a small market like Rochester or a smaller market, obviously the New York city is it's hard to get a real audience or in front of a real audience. Yeah. I, I think at least at first, is that, is that your experience? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that people, it's kind of weird here because I started out a long time ago in the comics cafe days and maybe like, I guess I've been doing it now for like 11 years. Um, so the, the stand-up comedy scene in Rochester is so different from what it used to be. I don't, and I don't know, and I've been kind of having conversations with people. I'm not sure if anyone wants to go outside. Is this, do they really want a prospering uh, career as a comedian or do they just want to be open mic comedians? I don't know. Cause no one really like, everybody's like an open mic Nazi. And it's like, this is my mic and you can't do this. And there's so much drama going on in the comedy scene. And it's like, okay, so there was a comedian, um, we won't say his name, but we were at open mic and he was, it was just a bunch of us comedians. So while he's performing, me and, me and my comedian friend Yolanda Smiles, we thought of a tag for, for the joke. And I was like, oh yeah, and then something else he could say, da, 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 da. so he's like on stage, oh, you guys are talking during my performance. And we're like, we're talking about your, you know, we're thinking of a tag for you. And he's like, you know, he was offended. Like, I don't need that. I've asked other comedians. I think uh, Kelsey Claire Hagen, who I had on, I asked her if she gets offended if someone uh, suggests another punchline or, like you said, a tag or a different part of the joke changing. Like, if, if somebody came to you after your show and said, I really think this is funny, I had the same experience, and I, th and I thought it was funny that this happened to me. Maybe you could use that as a punchline in addition to what you have or giving you some kind of that's criticism how it works though. that's what i that's what so I this think. is this is that's how it works that's how it goes so the reason why and this is what these comedians don't even understand is why are we here performing every week in front of each other two other mm -hmm. comedians there's no audience members here okay well let's help each other right let's think of tags let's let's help each other out why are we performing each week in front of six comedians because we're not building and helping each other what what is the What's the purpose? Yeah, I've been saying that uh, Rochester needs not a, I don't think people are, sure, people are doing things that I would think would be wrong and I would do different. I don't think it needs an overhaul and flush everything out and start over, but uh, everything else in Rochester, if done correctly, you know, it prospers. Uh, the, the, exactly. the, the beer market, craft beer scene, um, food is, you know, there's a lot of food bloggers around that everybody's helping everybody promote. And I think comedy is just staying at that stagnant, level and i don't know what it was like when you started because i wasn't living here but uh even over the last couple of years i don't think it's gone anywhere besides coming at the carlson you know big venue professional and bringing in big acts and stuff but even like when seinfeld come uh, came i think last year he didn't go there he went to a theater obviously of he's, he's bigger yeah. but uh so there are multiple avenues for big performances it's just that the the farm system starting in rochester and trying to become as big as those names uh, it, I think it's a little, uh, it's a little slow. But then we look at something like the fact that we did just have, we are on Comedy Central. So, oh yeah, talk about how you. I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to blow up the way you would deliver the story, but talk about that huge, huge accomplishment that you not only did for yourself but brought to the city. 
So yeah, so this is what okay. Well, let me just say this. So we we Rochester, we did do a show with that's produced by Kevin Hart called Heart of the City. Okay, boom. But um, it's it's about Rochester. It's about the comedy scene in Rochester. Twenty eight comedians um, auditioned, and they only picked three of us. We they filmed you know they filmed the auditions and then they sent it. And I think the top three uh, best auditions got it. It was you know rightful. So. I'm really good at, you know, saying that. I think that out of the auditions, out of the top three, I wasn't the bet. Like, I it was like, I might make it, I might not. Oh. Those two, they they killed. You know what I mean? But the fact that we did this show, um, Rochester comedy scene, they haven't embraced it at all. It's not, they you haven't, they don't care. There's like, it's <laughs> a little, I put it in the group, like, hey, we're on Comedy Central tonight. No one, they, it's like a little bit. I don't know what people are feeling, but I just, it's a big deal for Rochester. Mm -hmm. It's a big deal for the comedy scene in here. It, it, it could have whatever, but people don't want to. But somebody mentions garbage played on the tonight show and everybody shares the, exactly. the eight second clip. Exactly. <laughs> it's interesting. Exactly. It's interesting. It's because it's us. And it's also, it's because it's us and it's more of the black comedy scene. Mm -hmm. um, even though there was a bunch of white comedians who, who, auditioned and you know some people were okay or were good i think that like if, you know madeline smith yes i mm -hmm. think that if or kelsey if one of those mm -hmm. if they were in town i think that they definitely probably would have been one that was chosen but it just it just so opportunity happened. sure i think that there's such a divide in rochester with the black comedy scene and the white comedy scene. ever since and maybe you know who this is but there was a i don't want to misquote it and i wish i i had a chance to look it up i should have before the show but there was a uh I don't know if it was a black comedy contest or I don't know how it was phrased, but the punchline is that a white guy won this, it, I think out in LA or somewhere on in the West yeah, coast. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what I'm talking about? You're talking about, um, Gary Owens, Gary Owens. Yes. Mm -hmm. Do you know more than I do about this? Uh, yeah, he won. Um, he won, a, 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 the, the funniest person in the black comedy contest. Yeah. Yeah. Ever since that, uh, you'd think that, I mean, again, it, it wasn't this gigantic movement in comedy, but, separation there's there's what's the what's the point of of having something like black and white comedy in in a place like rochester um it's you just know? the different scenes it's just that i you know the 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 white scene is uh i'm starting to get more into that yeah. because i started out uh, doing white rooms only i was at comics cafe i had never performed in front of a black room once i did i got booed my first time because i was speaking in in still about white topics so i learned how to i got the blacks and now I'm working back. To, you know how um, different it would be if I said that yeah, phrase. I got the blacks. That's and you can say that though. I think there's like I got the blacks. Like vengeance um, people get offended all the time when I say the blacks, the whites, the you know uh -huh. the Puerto Rican. It, uh -huh. I don't care. But that's but good. yeah, I got them. So now my focus now is to get my whites back. I want. I've been performing at the Carlson. Okay. Because I I'm hood bourbon. That's the name of my comedy <laughs> album. Hood bourbon. Yeah, I'm from the hood. And I'm from the suburbs. I'm half my life in the hood, half my life in the suburbs. So um, I, I can speak all, all of that. And then when I came back to the hood, the, the, the blacks wouldn't play with me because I was um, because I was too white. I had a white, you see, I have a white American dialect still, a little bit of it. So the Puerto Ricans, because I was beautiful, the Puerto Ricans <laughs> let me be their friend. So for years, I was Puerto Rican. Wow. So now, <laughs> yeah, and then I came back to the black. So now I'm back black, but I still have a voice of all these people. These are all my audiences, and I can do a Puerto Rican room. I can do a black room. I can do an all-white room, and that's what I'm trying to, you know. 
Did you go from Joel to Joel to Yoel? Uh, you changed from black to <laughs> Joel Puerto is already <laughs> the. Yo, yo, my name was Joelito. Oh, there you go. I, I knew there was a change. There it was a name been. in the change. Like com- comedy was, chameleon. Exactly. I was Joel. I was Joel, Joel, <laughs> Joel and, and then Joelito, and now I'm back to Joel. <laughs> okay. All right. Very I feel cool. like we're going all over the place. I'm talking in tangent. That's all right. That's what that's what this uh, medium's for. This is we don't have commercials. We don't have songs to play. We don't have program directors. We do what we want here. Yeah. Um, joke writing. I know it's a basic ask a comedian thing, but uh, I saw you do a joke, and I'll put a clip up uh, right now. Online, the bitch that went in the zoo cage with the lion—that was the Bronx Zoo. Y'all seen the lion was scared? Like, bitch, what are you doing? She was like, the lion looked to the side of the other lion like, do you see this bitch? And you know the bitch was crazy. When she started dancing, there was no music. Real ass bitch. So that joke was super topical. It was the joke about um, the woman who snuck into the lion. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It uh, wasn't a joke. Well, no, no, no your stand-up. But it wasn't. It wasn't a joke. It was just commentary. Yeah, but it was funny and it was super topical. Something like that coming up with that. Are you? Do you just go? I'm gonna just go on stage and try to make this funny, like I would do yeah, it for my what? aunt or, or. I learned from Cat Williams not too long ago that it's not about because I'm I'm a real joke writer. I love punchline. I love the premise. I love all of that. It's a book called the Comedy Bible too. I don't know if it's the best thing. I tell every comedian to get it, um, and it teaches you how to write jokes. And I really, because I'm a writer, so I love I love writing jokes. But I've learned from Cat Williams that it's not about what you're saying. It's about you and how you're saying it. That was, not, I didn't say anything. Um, I didn't say a joke at all. I just said, uh, I just did an act out. And it was the way I was saying that made the audience fast. Like, the bitch, and then the, the fucking lion looked over like, is this bitch serious? Like, so it's just the way I said it. You're personifying the... <laughs> You're personifying the lion, excuse me, and you're flipping it as if um, the lion was scared of her. Was scared of her. Yeah. And that just comes naturally now that you've been writing jokes for all these years? Yeah. Yeah, I know because I'm just putting me, I'm just being my comedic self and how I would feel about that. Yeah, because people in the Bronx are crazy as fuck. That's (laughs) where I said, and that was just a clip of it. I said that the actual in the zoo... They're protecting the the animals away from the damn people. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's what's, that's, that's funny, exactly. Man. So I guess I don't know. That wasn't it, was, and that was my first time trying that out. There. Oh, it's great. It was because I was headlining, and you just need to you need to just you just need well, to kill it the whole time. Break down the wall. I mean, you the story came out. It went viral. I don't know if it was your first show that since you saw it or whatever. It was, but yeah. you you not only did it at the gig while you were headlining it, it killed, and you turned around a video of it. So fast. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, your yeah. video complemented their original video yeah. like that, which yeah. makes you seem probably 10 times bigger than you actually are, which is what you always strive for. You know right. what I mean? You have a you have a, uh, a producer. You have a crew with you. You have a film. Right. You, know, you have all these right. things. And that stuff, I think, is what puts 
comedians or anybody in any medium to the next level is, is turning it around and being be you know to be on the pulse of what everybody else is talking about yeah that's and that's how you get viral and you get those things so i'm, I'm trying to do that more with my stand-up because a lot of comedians who um i who i follow are, are doing that especially in the in uh, white comedians there's really no black comedians that are putting their stand-up bits out and, and maybe doing a caption and all that mm -hmm. so i'm trying to do that more just to build up my following and bookings and all that stuff but it's a it's a lot of work do you think there's it is a lot of work uh do you think there's a too soon to talk about topical things not in a way where it's offensive or sensitive but like um nope. when i used to work in radio i would know i would know topics immediately because i would surf the news every day local news and, and then figure out a, something something funny to say on the air and then when i was doing the open mic at the same time I would try to do those jokes and I, I feel like sometimes they would fall flat because nobody would know what I'm talking about yet. I, um, sometimes it just depends, mm -hmm. but when nobody really knows what you're talking about, but now in the, in this world where it's a viral video, everybody has seen it, you know, it's just, mm -hmm. that's just kind of how it works. But I used to do only pop culture back in those days. And when I first started and that was hard for me because once it's old, nobody's talking about right. it anymore. But but you just can kind of switch the name of of to like if I'm talking about Paris Hilton, all my Paris Hilton jokes are now go to the Kardashians. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like sure. the same type of thing. I hadn't ever thought of it like yeah, that. Yeah, so that's kind of what I do. But I don't do um, like topical co comedy anymore. Have you been burned by anything quote offensive that you um yes. that you said? Yeah, all the time, all the all the time, and I don't give a fuck. And that's just kind of how you do. I will never ever 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 apologize for a joke. I don't give a fuck. Last night I got called transphobic because there's a comedian, right? I'm I'm violent. I'm a little ghetto, right? I'm I'm hood bourbon. The hood side of me, I am a violent person. I I don't I love to fucking slap somebody in the fucking face <laughs> when it's warranted. You know what I mean? Sure, it's all when it's warranted. <laughs> I don't think that men should hit women, right? Of course not. But I said, and I if I identified as transgender for one day would i be able to whoop this girl's ass <laughs> okay it's a funny premise no i'm dead ass serious so my friend's like that's i'm offended by that and that's completely transphobic how the fuck is that transphobic let me try to think in uh, like your friend maybe you're you're trivial trivializing transitioning you know what i mean maybe they're offended because they don't want you to think, oh, flip up the switch. I can Well, be maybe it. I might like it, bitch. Maybe I want to stay a fucking <laughs> No free samples. <laughs> I still am say tranny. I'm not. And this is what I could. This is a joke that I'm working on, too. And I don't even know why I should say it. So and it gets me so mad. And this is how I know my genius is because every time I do a joke and do this writing like Dave Chappelle, everything on his special is shit that I say. It's the same shit. He's just Dave Chappelle. There's certain things that I have to take out my act now because Dave Chappelle just did it on his fucking special. That's why you got to put up more video content. Get right exactly get that shit out <laughs> um but i believe or it wasn't even dave chappelle i think it was bill burr but i believe it was both of their yeah both of their shits i watched them back to back yeah because they came burr, out like the within shit. two weeks of each other that the whole shit of being so sensitive well this is what i want to say back in the days the whites had to be included to to we can't see the only word you couldn't say before was the n-word you couldn't say mm -hmm. the n-word that's what you couldn't say now you can't say shit because whites were like fuck that if we can't say the n-word then you can't say the r-word and you can't say tranny and you can't say all this shit you can't say because you guys wanted to be included in the fucking the words you can't say <laughs> 
You think it? That is exactly what happened. And it's all it's all white women. White women are the most offended bitches that's ever fucking lived. Whitney Cummings have it, has a great joke about that too. Uh, she she talks about I'm not going to do it justice, but she talks about how. Uh, <laughs> one day a white man or, or men in general asked women what they think and they weren't ready for that question because they never cared before. So they huddled up and went all the way to the other side about being feminists and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing. But uh, back to the, the, the your friend getting upset about the transphobic thing that you said. Um, you should write a joke or someone should about how you could try to be the opposite gender for one day, but it's like signing a gym membership if there's a cancellation fee, <laughs> if you I like that. If you don't like being there, you could quit, but you got to pay that cancellation fee. <laughs> I like that. That's thought, a good one. I thought about that earlier. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's tough. I think it's it's pretty tough being a comedian if, unless you say, like, unless you're so like you, where my, you don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck at all. And I, I know they're probably going to cancel me eventually. Um, so I plan on getting property, rental properties, having business. I always got to be an entre entrepreneur because I, I know with a person like me who don't, I, I don't give a fuck. Oh, well, I'm going to say tranny. I'm going to say the whites. I'm going to, cause I don't, there's no malice behind mm -hmm. it. It's just, we were out the other day and I also, and we were talking to, we were at a, a bar in the spirit room and my friend goes, Oh, cause she, I want what she has. And the bartender goes, excuse me, um, Sarah identifies as them or they and not her or him. So I said, what the fuck are you talking about? So she's more than one person. You never heard of them or they, if she's more, wait, if she's more people, they don't identify as men or women. So you have to call them them or they, but every, but, but saying it is offensive. <laughs> Let's, Pass me it, the water bottle. Pass me them water bottles. Like and you, I, I just like, how am I even supposed to fucking say this? So the, <laughs> the, I was going to say the girl, do I, or they. Do, I, it's so fucking confusing and all this shit. And I think that Dave Chappelle did something where he made it, he brought it back, though. He gave us, because comedy was almost dying. It takes pioneers to not give a fucking say, oh, mm -hmm. fucking well. I love it. I love I love comedy, and I think that is going to be the saving grace for this cancel culture, and everybody's so wound up. I'm even, like, personally being affected by it. I don't get offended by anything. You could say anything you Me want either. right now. I really wouldn't get offended. I don't get offended either, and I don't really... I, I also think the blacks. I think that we, we're getting way too sensitive about shit. It's like, calm the fuck on. Have, well, more, have more weapons in your arsenal than I'm offended, right? Like... Like say something, trick somebody so you can make them look stupid. If they're tr if they're trying to make you look stupid, they're like where's the fun of interaction and culture and people anymore? People, it's if I find it funny when I hear. I think it was Jim Brewer on Burt Kreischer's podcast. He goes, "I just love people." I'm like, I don't. Like <laughs> I I used to, but me too. Conversations in general in private have a humongous risk to them. And people will argue and say, well, just don't be racist. Don't be sexist. Don't be whatever. It's like, no, it's, it's, there's, it's too risky to even have a conversation with a stranger, I think, anymore. In any, and that's why I built this podcast studio to have more conversations with strangers even, every week. I mean, I think you guys had talked about <laughs> it before where the, the guy, I think that's what you were talking about on Saturday Night Live, where he got from that podcast mm -hmm. where he said this, the, the Asian joke, and then they, they, yeah. they fired him from, a joke? He was emulating uh, a racist uh, developer. So he 
was doing an impression of what, like if, if I said something, uh, if you said something, yeah, like uh, the Holocaust and I go kill the Jews or something like that, but I don't do a good enough Nazi impression yeah. or German impression. Mm -hmm. That's the same context he was doing that. in. he was pretending to be a, a racist building developer in Chinatown back in the day, but he didn't do an impression, which would have gotten canceled anyway for doing an impression of another race. Yeah. So it's just, with all the it's risk, fucked up. It's fucked up. This guy lost his freaking dream job mm -hmm. because of that podcast shit. Somebody went and found that up and and put it out there in Twitter, and now it's trending. Cancel. Like this is bullshit. It makes me sometimes like I don't even want to be involved in this. Shit. No. Yeah. I. I. The older I get, the more I'm like I don't want to do this shit. I don't even. I don't because I. I think I'm too real for it. Like I'm. I have to do it because I don't. There's nothing else I want to do. I love it. I love it, whatever. But I just don't want to deal with the people and the bullshit and all that. I don't give a fuck. It's, it's tough because I, I, I would love to write jokes that are just completely off the wall that come out. The people go, oh, my God, that's funny. And I'm, I'm embarrassed to be laughing at that because it's kind of raunchy. But I know that's not even possible anymore. I know that if I go into an open mic situation, I have to write a joke about Wegmans or traffic or all these all this basic stuff, and it's challenging, right, to to be in that box, you know, in that in those boundaries to still try to excel, which is good, I guess. But there's no more. Well, I'm going to talk about what I want to talk about, and I don't care what anybody thinks, unless you're saying different. That's what you do, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's what you do. That is that's exactly what it is, and that's what you have to do because there is still comedians who do, we who who are underground who still say some of the most craziest shit ever, and it's only when you're at a big top level that it gets you know it could get you canceled or whatever. Why isn't Chappelle in trouble? I mean, he's in trouble socially because he and doesn't media. He doesn't. Give a fuck. And he sells out you, arenas. And you can't. He, and you, he always going to do that. I remember Joan Rivers when the girls had were in the basement for ten years. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, Cleveland or something like yeah. that. Yeah, Joan Rivers made a joke and said she was living with Melissa, and th those girls had more space in their room than in <laughs> Melissa. So the girls and their lawyers wanted her to apologize, and TMZ had caught up to her and said, "Joan, you know they want you to apologize. Are you going to apologize?" She said, "Fuck no. Those bitches got to live rent free for ten years." <laughs> she doubled down. <laughs> yes, and I was like, right. "That is the energy that I am going to keep for the rest of my fucking life." That's what comedians should do. Comedians should be like when, um. Uh, a professional football player retires and or even isn't is anywhere in uh, in an atmosphere that isn't the actual game right if i hand josh allen uh a, a a tennis ball and there's a there's a garbage can 50 yards away and he tosses it in the garbage can the tmz goes up to him and goes hey josh can you throw this in the garbage and he tosses it and he nails it and it, wow yeah. that's what that should be cuz yeah. joan rivers is throwing that tennis ball in the garbage can yeah. for 50 yards away in a comedian's world, right? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody comes up to her with a topic that, of course, she talked about already, but she wasn't expecting to make a joke, but she's so good, yeah. she could do it on the spot when yeah. asked. Yeah. And that should be celebrated, just like the Josh Allen hypothetical example yeah. should be. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it is discouraging, um, but people like you still doing it. People like uh, my favorites, like uh, Andrew Schultz is one of my favorites. I don't know if you're familiar with his, uh, but he's... Yeah, I love him. He's uh he's the, the I'm so jealous of his his stand up clips because they get like I, I put out a clip and it'll get maybe like a thousand views and his will get like a hundred thousand in a freaking uh you know what he would say he would say 
I used to get a thousand views too. He would say this. You just it's. I know that I follow him and I do it and I do all that and I get his career and all that. But I'm just like, oh, that's that's where it gets down. Where I have so so much good content and so many people. So now this is where I'm at. Now I did the Comedy Central. I'm there and I'm trying to get in the industry, get in the in the business. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm good at that. I know how to do it. I know how to get my. I know how to get in a uh, in a space that I you know that I want to be in. Yeah. But I'm forgetting, like, there's rules to this now. There's, there's my first day in New York City. I, I got to hang out with, um, at the Comedy Cellar. Oh, with, my favorite comedy club. Me too. I want to perform there so bad. So I got there. The comedians invited me to hang out. And I was with everybody. I was with everybody who has a special, everybody who has whatever. And I'm just like, the new, you know, whatever. My friend's introducing me. A comedian friend is introducing me to everybody. This is Joel. He's on Heart of the City. Da 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 da. Everybody's cool. They're nice. Da da. So I'm having a good time. I'm having a good time, but I have to. I want to get pictures and stuff with people, but I have to be in the moment in right. the situation. So all of a sudden, I'm sitting down. There's a guy next to me, and another person walks up, and then my comedian friend goes, "Hey, this is Joel from uh, Heart of the City Comedy Central." So the guy next to me stands up. He stands over me and he's like, um, fuck Comedy Central. I mean, fuck Heart of the City. That shit doesn't mean anything. Fuck Kevin Hart. Stop introducing him as that shit. Da, 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 da. Now, I, my first thing to do, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a lion, is she goes, oh, I go, you know, what the fuck just happened here? And she goes, oh, no, I'll take care of it. And I go, no, I'll take fucking care of it. And I just went the fuck off. And I, you know, I went off on like motherfucker. I don't, I don't give a fuck if she wants to introduce me as Joel from from fucking Harlem or whatever. Who gives a fuck? You guys have been in this industry. Y'all done did a lot of shit. Don't down, you know down my shit. I don't, you know, I start going off, right? And it gets completely awkward. <laughs> and she's like, you it's hard to make comedians awkward, especially a group of, a group of them at one of the best comedy clubs in New York City. So exactly. congratulations on that. So one of guys, Sherrod Small, who I enjoy. Oh yeah, he goes, oh, I like him. But everybody else, they were like, Ugh. it was like, it was really, really awkward. So she goes, oh, maybe you shouldn't have did that. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'd see. I, I didn't even, I didn't even know. And she was like, you know, that's kind of how he is. This is what he does. You got to tell me who this comedian was after the show. I want to. Yeah, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, this is what he does and this and this and that. And, da, da, da. and I didn't know who he, um, I didn't really know who he was. I knew he looked familiar. So she left. Everybody left me. It was like it was just done at that moment. I was like, damn, I fucked up. But <laughs> later on, like, earlier I had met, I went up to this lady. She was talking about uh, she was talking about um, karaoke. Um, and I just went up to her and was like, oh, I love karaoke. And I started singing Mariah Carey, Vision of Love. And she was like, what's your name? And I was like, uh, Joel. And she was like, my friend goes, yeah, he's on Heart of the City. And she goes, oh, yeah, I should have recognized you. And I'm like, this shit didn't even come out yet. <laughs> At that time, I was like, so fake, so Hollywood. She was like, give me your email. Um, I give her my email. And then she emails me the next day and says, hey, do you, do you have any time to come down to the Comedy Center headquarters and do some promo? And I was, she was like, I don't know what's available. So I was like, um this lady so this is real so i google her name and she is the ceo of talent, talent development at comedy central Damn. yeah so i ended up getting to go down there i, I did the chris stefano uh podcast oh really yeah um and that was really cool so guess what so this is where the moment so he's like oh and i was like chris i actually met i met him that night too 
And he's like, oh, yeah, I really don't remember. And he was like, you know, when you, so you, oh, so they were, you know, they were cool with you or whatever. He was like, when you get down there or when you're hanging down there, the comedian, he's going to bust your balls. He's going to talk shit to you, but just like ignore him, the comedian who went off of me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, this is too fucking late. I wish somebody would have told me. I wish somebody would have told me, but I don't know how to, I don't know how to accept that. I guess I was supposed to, it was so difficult for me because I guess I was supposed to just like laugh it off or something see my my reaction just not even being a comedian maybe an aspiring comedian one day but my reaction is as his insult or whatever he or she is saying at the time is to find like terminator mode find some find that he missed a belt loop find and, that his turt his shirts on something some undress him or they get were, a, get a they jab were ragging on me. Yeah. They were ragging on me all night, and it was cool. And I was that's funny. It's that's, whatever. That's that world, right? But once it got yeah, because I don't really do that. I don't. That's not my thing. But once it, I felt like it got violent to me, but it didn't. But in my head, it did. <laughs> well, there's no punchline if he's just telling you that yeah. you suck. He's like fuck, but that's what he does. And yeah. I don't even want to say who he is, but but this is it's what he does. It's what there's been comedians who this this is who he is. This is there's been comedians who talk about this is what he does. He talks shit to you. He does that, and I just feel like damn, I fucked up. But I'm learning. That was just a business in the business learning experience sure. of of. I'm sure what you did was memorable though, at the least, which may be good <laughs> or bad one day. But it it was. I will always be able to tell this story, and I hope to um. I'm, I'm going to go back. I'm going to try to hang out with them again. And it's called hanging because this is what you do. They were testing my hang. So this, I guess you're, and that's not what I am. I'm not, I don't really give a fuck about you guys to hang, to see if you accept me or not. I don't do that. I don't care. And it's all ball busting for, or busting chops or whatever you want to call it. it. That's all it is there, right? That's what I'm assuming is yeah. every chance anybody gets, they're ball busting. Yeah. Yeah. So Yeah. I don't, I don't do that, but I, I, I'll accept it, but I don't know. I fucked up. Yeah, well, good luck uh, having that conversation <laughs> next yes. time. You got to keep us updated. I'm going back. I've been every time I go to New York, I try to hang out with them again. Like, hey, I'm in town. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we're busy. Yeah, we're busy sitting at the same table we were 20 years ago. You're kind of giving me Tony Danza. Tony Danza? I don't know. Your face just gave me to <laughs> young Tony. Uh, I guess I'll take that. Okay. He was a little bit of a heartthrob, right? Yeah. <laughs> Joel, thank you so much for hanging out. Thank you Appreciate for having it. me. Appreciate Where are you going to be this weekend or in the next couple of days? Um, I am Friday. I have uh, two shows at Photo City. Uh, called Friday. It's 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 the theme is from Friday the movie, um, seven o'clock and ten o'clock. Um, on the nineteenth, I'm 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 judging the Miss Curvy to uh, New York pageant, and on the twentieth, I am in Brockport at Friday by Summer. Very good, Joel. Yeah. Thank you so much. If we have to find you or want to find you on social media to see those clips, you're going to consistently put out so yeah. you can get on that level. Yeah. Where are we finding you? Um, at Joel James Comedy or Joel if you're a white American. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at Joel James Comedy. All right. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you. You cause me trouble.